Coming up on today's show, Adam Page is no longer undefeated in 2021. NXT UK and Impact lineups for tonight. Just where has AJ Styles and Omos been? This day in history. And John attempts Backlash 2017 trivia and more on this 87th episode of the Daily Wrestling News Show. This is the Daily Wrestling News for April 29th, 2021, and we are powered by the Eastern Observer. My name is Ryan Joy, and I'm coming to you live from Minutes to Bell Time Studios on the beautiful treasure coast of the Sunshine State. I'm joined today by sleepy John Smith. <laughs> Welcome to the show, John. <laughs> oh, man. Holy crap. I just woke up probably five minutes ago. Sorry about that, Ryan. You know, it's perfect because you uh, you you clearly you sleep in your daily wrestling news show gear, right? You've got the Exalted One shirt on. Got, you're all set and ready to go so that we can call on you at a moment's notice. So we are good. You know it. <laughs> all right. Well, we have uh, a few things to do today. It's kind of a light news day, but we got Dynamite to kick around from last night. I've got some trivia lined up. I will say do stay tuned for the trivia today because, I, John, you're out of the running. John John Dakani has like run away with this month. He is he hit almost perfect the whole month. So uh, I had a little fun with trivia today, and it's a little different. So we'll see how how well you do there. But everybody, do stay tuned for that. So, but let's start with the news out of Dynamite last night. John Brian Cage has ended Adam Page's undefeated streak. All of us had picked Adam Page to win that match, and Cage got one on him. Yeah, that was pretty crazy. I thought that uh, you know, I didn't th- I didn't peg Page or Cage to win this one. I just figured there'd be interference on both sides and Page would end up on top somehow. But uh, yeah, you know, it was not. I mean, I, I like the way Brian Cage works, especially for a big man. He's got a lot of a lot of uh, slick moves for a guy his size. So I, I like to see that. And you know, the power bomb at the beginning of the match before it started, you know, kind of protected Page at the same time, so it didn't make him look bad. That's right. Yeah, that's exactly the, the 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 major point. I guess is that they attacked him beforehand, and Cage got that power bomb on the ramp, which protects him. You were talking about uh, Brian Cage's move set. I think the way I would describe it is like he goes from a power move, and then it has like these explosive strikes that he follows up with. So he's got like a very explosive move set. Very fun to watch. It's you don't often see anybody his size doing things like that. So it's it's very cool. And I have in my notes upset because it's kind of weird to say that Brian Cage winning a match is an upset, but I mean, I didn't think Hangman Page was going to lose before he fought uh, Kenny Omega. So, Yeah, I guess um, in kayfabe world, it's not an upset, but you know, us knowing what we know, it's pretty much a major upset. Exactly. Exactly. So the uh, inner circle and the Pinnacle had their little parlay, and the Inner Circle just gave the advantage, the the, the blood and guts advantage to the Pinnacle. Um, I'm not sure if they realized what they did. That's like the, that's like a, a, I mean, typically the heels get the advantage, right? Like that's typically what happens because that's how you get the heat on the baby faces. But in any case, like it's just a little weird that you go that way. But um, they also revealed the rules. 
and it, it was different than what I thought they were going to do. It's a five-minute starting period, and then every two minutes, somebody enters, and then when everything is done, then it's submission or surrender. So to me, that says no pinfall. But I was surprised by the two-minute interval. Interval. I thought it would be a, um, a longer interval, and they would go with just the one match, kind of like they indicated a couple of weeks ago. But we got a whole lineup for next week. So. Yeah, I think the surrender is pretty interesting. That's probably how it's going to end. I don't know what they're going to do, but I like. It seems like I've never had a match end by surrender, so maybe that could be the the cool thing about this match. I I'm trying to think. I you know I've I've gone back and watched a lot of the historical war games matches, and that was the initial rule set was submission or surrender. So submission, I guess you think is like a typical you know you're in a figure four and you tap out. Surrender, I think I've seen where like a manager enters and like throws in the towel type of thing um, or like gives up on behalf of the team or maybe um, it's kind of like the thing where Jay Uso says, I give up because Roman's beating on Jimmy type of thing. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it goes. I'm interested in next week's show. I think it'll be a good one. Um, yeah. And then later on the show in the main event, main event Derby, He's uh, trying to steal Jay Uso's uh, spot there. Main event Darby, he uh, retained against uh, Preston Vance again. But the thing that's interesting about all these Darby Allen matches week after week after week is that there's always a good moment during the match where I think it might possibly change. And all of us picked Darby here. But there, when he had him in that full Nelson, I thought, wow, maybe, maybe it might change here. So um, I think that's a sign of a good match is when you think that. Yeah, especially with the uh, the little promo that Ten cut earlier with the uh, about Brody Lee, you know, yes. and you know, kind of made you, you know, when you bring him into the picture, it almost seems like, you know, they they might do it, you know. Exactly, exactly. But uh, real good match. Uh, the rest of the dynamite or dynamite kind of went um, as expected, I think. Chris Statlander got her win over Penelope Ford. No big surprise there. The fun thing, though, was when Kip Sabian found Miro in the back to, to just kind of, no big deal, just wanted to reconnect with him or whatever. And uh, Miro gave him a little bit of tough love, John. <laughs> you know, that honestly, that confused me a little bit. Maybe I've been fast-forwarding too much in the recent weeks. Okay. But uh, I, I was very surprised to see Miro beating the crap out of him in the back. Maybe you could fill that in for me. So Miro has done these promos the last few weeks, and he's basically said, I've tried to call Kip. I don't know where he is, but it doesn't matter. I'm going after these titles. Uh, when Kip gets back, you know, it doesn't matter if he's on my team or not or whatever. Um, I'm going. So, so he was getting irritated because he couldn't get a hold of Kip. And so Kip re- reconnects with him. And <laughs> the part that I love the most is that at the very end, after Miro slams Kip's wrist in the door, Miro gets down, gives him a hug, and says, I forgive you. Good talk. <laughs> that was awesome. It's like Miro's the head of the table or something. If he was if he was Samoan, I think he might be uh, challenging for that, that spot. But uh, uh, And then or, uh, Orange uh, Orange Cassidy defeated Penta. Uh, another, cla- another bunch of classic Alex Aprahantes in there. Penta says this and Penta says that, but ultimately it was the orange punch with the mic to get the victory over Penta. So that's how that one concluded. The Young Bucks, they're wearing some really weird gear now. Um, 
Nick Jackson has fur on his head and stuff like that, but um, they used a low blow to get past Matt and Mike Seidel. And then in probably one of the most, uh, uh, one of the moments that, that made you pop the most is that we had the factory got their win over the Nightmare family. And as QT is just trying to escape, he runs into uh, the American Nightmare, Cody, and they oddly, QT tries to escape by climbing up the bus he gets on top of the bus and I'm sitting there thinking, Oh man, we're going to have somebody get thrown off this thing. Nope. Cody just puts him in a figure four up there. That's the end of the, yeah. end of the for the crowd. Cause that's what they came to see. Right. <laughs> um, well, there, to be fair, this was a tape show. <laughs> so, I don't know. I don't, the crowd and, was. And who Marshall? I mean, is he the dumb blonde from a horror movie? Running up to upstairs to get away from the killer, like what's going on here? Uh, it, you know, it sounds like. <laughs> um, we got a whole bunch of matches though for next week, including Blood and Guts, which we've known about for weeks. Uh, that's going to be the Pinnacle versus Inner Circle. Uh, John, you got a you got a thought on who's going to win that? We haven't talked about it much, but that's a really hard match to call. I think. Yeah, it it almost feels like. The, the pineapple is so new that they need that they need this victory. You know, like how are you going to form this major group and then go ahead and just get your ass kicked by the inner circle right away? It doesn't it doesn't follow like the traditional you know wrestling history in our like that we always have seen. You know, right? It's a little weird to think though that like to see the baby faces submit in this kind of match. Kind of, I mean, an inner circle are just recent baby faces, but I don't know. So that's why I think it makes it so hard because you're right. Pinnacle's brand new, but man, you like to give the advantage to the baby faces in a match like this. But we'll see. There might be another member of the of the Pinnacle, you know, joining, and that could be the way that they win because it'll be you know interference in some way. Yeah, maybe a perhaps a female member. You know, who knows. Or a Jake Hager turn. Oh, God. Yes, a turn. A turn. That's always fun. Like the uh, War <laughs> Games from 2019 with uh, Dakota Kai. Right, yeah. <laughs> so uh, also on the show, we have Jurassic Express versus SCU versus The Acclaim versus the Varsity Blondes. SCU had uh, some time on the main show this week. They came out and kind of ran down the bucks. I thought this was the best SCU promo I've seen Ever, maybe I agree. I agree, especially. Um, what's his name? Chris, uh, for Daniels, Christopher Daniels. Sorry, I almost called him Chris Angel because he was he used to be the fallen oh, angel, <laughs> but then I'm like, Chris Angel's a, a magician, isn't he? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. But yeah, no, he that was that was a legit promo by both of them. I was impressed. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, they're biding their time, so they have to win this match next week because. SCU has vowed that if they lose, they're breaking up and that's it. So they have to win this match next week, and they've kind of put the Bucks on notice. They're the number one contenders, and they're coming for them. So uh, watch out, Griff Garrison, when Brian Pillman, you're probably getting pinned this coming week. So yeah, uh, I think uh, they'll probably end up beating the Bucks in a non-title match and then losing to them in the title match to, to end up splitting up for good probably. Yeah, maybe you might be right about that. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how that goes. They, you know, I could see them actually winning the titles and going on a short run, and then having the 
maybe they break up and then you have Christopher Daniels leaving by wrestling Frankie Kazarian. You know, that, that would make sense to me too. So however yeah. they play it, I think, you know, they've got time. I think double or nothing is probably when we're going to see the, the title match though, would be my guess. We also have Britt Baker in action next week and Cody versus QT. So um, there is there one more match? I don't think so. I think that's it. Uh, no Darby Allen TNT title match announced yet, but that typically comes two days before Dynamite, so we wait. But the other big announcement that they made, and, and John, I don't, I don't know that you're too familiar with Yuji Nagata, but uh, former IWGP heavyweight champion Yuji Nagata is coming to Dynamite to challenge John Moxley for the IWGP United States Championship. Uh, Yuji Nagata what used to, you know, he wrestled for WCW, um, not, you know, not a regular, but he was on the program and he, so he's not unfamiliar with TNT. Uh, and he's, he's in that category of new Japan stars that I call the dads. They're in the early match. You know, they're like a, it's kind of like if, uh, let me think of a good example from WWE. If, Oh, the ones I think about are still wrestling. Like I think like Ray Mysterio or something like that, but like, mm-hmm. a, like a star from like, Maybe like even Triple H would be a good example of somebody who was really, really big and then still comes back and regularly wrestles. That's kind of what Eugene got. He's like way past his prime, but he still comes back and and puts on a, a show every once in a while. So interesting call. And and it's cool to see the movement back and forth internationally because that's a good sign that things are happening. So yeah, It makes me wonder why uh, this title is getting defended in America because usually they have – Moxley come overseas, so yep. feels like maybe some interference. Yeah, I have the title for Moxley. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I feel like uh, once John Moxley walks into uh, uh, Daly's place with a title over his shoulder, a certain belt collector might get a little twitchy. You know, see something he likes there. <laughs> he doesn't have a New Japan belt in his uh, arsenal yet, so we'll see. But that that could be. That could be interesting. So that that was been my call all along. That it's going to be uh, that's going to be his next belt that he tries to collect. So we'll see. All right, I think that wraps up dynamite. Anything else that you uh, took out of dynamite from last night? No, it's um, Chris Statlander. It's the first time I really sat down and saw a good match of hers, and you know, she's got it, man. She, I feel like she wrestles like like Oscar. She's she wrestled like one of the men. You know, like yeah. it's just. Power moves, very fluid, very solid. I, I think she's got a, a really bright future, man. And you know what? The other thing that I noticed with her wrestling is that they clearly took the time off that was required, right? Like, you know, she they didn't rush her back before she was healed because she's back full force, and I think she's better today than she was before she left. And I don't know how that could possibly be, but <laughs> it doesn't look like there's any ring rust, and it looks like she's doing – she's really, really good. You're right. She's big. She does hits the power moves, and – if Sheeta loses the belt to a certain heel down the road, you're going to need some baby faces like Chris Statlander lined up to to wrestle the new champion. So, All right. so good stuff there. Um, okay, today in history, today in 1995, John, we had the largest crowd ever for a pro wrestling event in North Korea. Day two of Collision in Korea 
headlined by Ric Flair versus Antonio Inoki, 190,000 fans. It broke the previous record of 150,000 fans that was set the day before because Collision Korea was too big for one night. So there you go. <laughs> uh, and then this day in 1999, how about this one? The first ever SmackDown aired on UPN. It was a pilot. The show wouldn't be a full-blown show until August of 99, but today is the anniversary of our first ever SmackDown. And then in 2012, Extreme Rules, John Cena got a win over Brock Lesnar, apparently a very good show. Uh, I haven't watched it in a long time, so I don't really remember, but um, apparently very good. The reviews I read you know, when researching this were very positive, so. Yeah, that was, uh, that was Brock's first match back with the company after after quitting all those years ago, and it was kind of like him having to pay, pay his due for, for what he did. He, he went and lost to John Cena fair and square at Extreme Rules. But established himself as that nasty monster that they didn't have at the time, really. Yeah. So. All right, some other news coming up uh, that I have here. So remember a while back we were we you know reported on the de- the untimely death of Tiny Lister Zeus. Uh, well, it was revealed recently that he actually passed away from heart disease. At the time, uh, people a lot of people were speculating COVID and whatnot. Um, he did test positive for COVID, but the official cause of death that was recently released is heart disease, and a bunch of other fancy words before the word heart disease. But that was the two that I could pronounce, so those were the two that I said. <laughs> <laughs> um, ROH last night premiered the first episode of Women's Wednesday. Four new female talents uh, were on the show. Roxy, Max the Impaler, Lainey Luck, and Hyan. Uh, it was a little choppy. This was the first time I've seen any of these women on television. So uh, we'll see. They're going to have more matches every Wednesday. So we'll see how this progresses. And eventually they do that women's tournament later this summer. And John, I think you were saying before that they should be choosy on who they get. These are a couple of these names I heard of before, but I hadn't seen them work. So I think they're using this Wednesday as sort of the the way to kind of like pick out who they're going to put in that tournament and maybe sign to contracts. So. Okay. AJ Styles and Namas have been announced for Raw. So this will be their first appearance since WrestleMania. Uh, I believe AJ Styles said that they have been partying in Nigeria. Uh, that's not true, though. <laughs> I think one of them has not been cleared as the actual reason for them not being on. So there you have it. Later today on NXT UK, Eddie Dennis and The Hunt versus Gallus, Mako Satamora versus Afa Valkyrie, and Tailman versus the debuting Rohan Raja. Uh, John, are you following NXT UK these days, or are you... Uh... I try, yeah. I think I missed it last week, but I've been I've been keeping up pretty much pretty recently, though. Yeah, I'm really interested in this Mako Satamora and Afa Valkyrie match because Valkyrie ha- is undefeated, um, but she really hasn't been tested. So Mako Satamora will be a test. So this should be a, this should be an interesting match. Yeah, it seems like Mako's probably going to win that, but uh, you know, maybe maybe uh, maybe some. Uh, heel tactics by Valkyrie. Yeah. Or interference because, you know, they've got enemies for sure. Um, And then on Impact tonight, we have the X Division Championship on the line, Josh Alexander versus Ace Austin. 
Kenny Omega is going to be in the house. He'll be in the ring. They made a specific point to say that, that he's not going to be, you know, in a limo or a trailer or anything like that. He'll be in the ring. Taylor Wilde returns to face Kimberly and W. Morrissey making his debut. So uh, not a loaded lineup, but there's enough stuff there to, to be excited about. And Josh Alexander versus Ace Austin should be at least good, but potentially great. So, yeah, I got I got Alexander winning that one. I'm mostly uh, curious to see what they do with Morrissey moving forward because that was a, that signing was out of nowhere. Yeah, well, he had. I mean, he has been rehabilitating, and you know, he you know he had all kinds of problems and stuff when he left WWE, and he you know, uh, you know, substance abuse and stuff like that, and he, all that's cleaned up, and he's working very hard. Clearly, working very hard in the gym. Looks great, and yeah, we'll see if he gets to speak and how that you know how that uh, has progressed since his WWE days. So yeah. I'm anxious for that because he's enormous, John, and you can't teach that. <laughs> <laughs> if you've been wondering where the lead NXT referee Drake has been. Well, Fightful has reported that his duties were reduced in recent months, and he was even suspended earlier this year because apparently he holds some very radical beliefs and has used his position as a WWE employee for that agenda. He was suspended earlier uh, this year, like I mentioned. And recently, he even, at backstage at NXT, zoomed into a county commissioner's meeting from backstage. So um, apparently, that's what's up with Drake. I don't even know who this referee is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you would recognize him. Drake, Drake uh, Wurtz or something is his last name. But he's he usually does all the main events up until two or three months ago. Is he the really, really tan one? Yes, that's him. Okay. <laughs> I got you. You shouldn't have made the headline, the really, really tan NXT referee. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, Jason Jordan is the new lead producer for television. This comes after all of the shakeup in the talent relations department, uh, after the Mickey James garbage bag stuff. So John Cohn was also removed from talent relations, but he's brought back in, and now he's actually second in command in talent relations behind Johnny Ace. And Jason Jordan took Johnny Ace's position as the lead producer. So um, interesting. I guess I guess we'll never see Jason Jordan wrestle again. He must never be cleared to wrestle. Uh, people will remember him as Kurt Angle's son. So. <laughs> it would have made so much more sense if Gable was the son. <laughs> like I, I thought what they should have done was had some sort of twenty-three and Me mix-up, where like okay. him, like when they were a tag partner, they both swabbed their cheeks, but they put it in the wrong envelopes. So then yeah. Jason Jordan all of a sudden thinks Angle's his father, but Gable is clearly the son of, of Kurt Angle, you know? It makes, like, on so many levels, it would have made, it, <laughs> made so much sense. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, trivia. And as promised, trivia is going to be fun today. So here we oh, go. No. Trivia is going to be brought to you by the Body Slam Brigade newsletter. Each week I compile all the week's top stories, like the ones we just talked about and more, and I put them in a quick-to-read email that's divided up by company. Nearly 4,000, over 4,000 people get the free newsletter every week. In addition to top stories, the newsletter will let you know everything that's going on 
in the world of Minutes to Bell Time, whether that be new books, podcasts, games, or anything else. It's really the best way to make sure you don't miss a thing. And it comes out every Friday at 11 a.m. So do subscribe at bodyslambrigade.com. And John, so here's the deal with trivia. And bring up the scoreboard. Nobody's touching John DeCounty this month. He went perfect three times. He's way out in the lead. So you got Backlash 2017 today, and there's no multiple choice. But what I've done is, if you listen to the question, you ought to be able to get the answer. So often, if you're having trouble with that, just say, could you reread the question? And I'll put the emphasis on the word that you need to pay attention to. (laughs) Gotcha. Okay. These two former tag team partners bludgeoned each other in the semi-main event. Uh, Luke Harper and Eric Rowan. Very good. You picked up on the word bludgeon. Perfect. In one of the biggest surprises of the modern day, this WWE superstar defeated Randy Orton for the WWE Championship. Jinder Mahal. (laughs) Jinder Mahal, the modern-day Maharaja. This recent feud was called the least anticipated match in SmackDown history, but they actually wrestled each other back in 2017 on Backlash. Who am I talking about? Sami Zayn and Baron Corbin. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> three for three. You're going to nail a perfect plex today. So the this phenomenal match to decide the United States Championship was not decided with a KO. The champion was re- championship was retained by countout. Who were the competitors? AJ and Kevin Owens. That's right. Okay. Picking up on all the right words. So this one's maybe it shouldn't be too hard, but. The commentary team for this event was almost the same as the Monday Night Raw team before WrestleMania this year. We had Tom Phillips, Byron Saxon, but instead of Joe, we had this other three-lettered Hall of Fame guy who's where the first letter is J and the last two letters are... BL. JBL, yes, very good. You end the, season, end the trivia season for this time very strong. Perfect. 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 Thanks for making me feel better about myself and lobbing these softballs at me. <laughs> Perhaps I was too generous with my uh, with my uh, play on words. I should have not announced there was a play on words in here and seen if you got if you would have got them. So maybe maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe that would have been hard. Well, anyway, folks. So it is. Not quite the last episode of April. Tomorrow we have an interview with Kim Artlip coming up, and so do tune, do tune into that. She'll be talking everything about Ignite Wrestling, their upcoming Fierce show that has new knockouts, knockouts, <laughs> new tag team championships for the women's side of their brand. Uh, so we'll be talking about that with her tomorrow. Uh, but in the meantime, go check out the Bell Time Club shirt. It's $22. I say it every day, but it is. It comes any color you want is for twenty-two dollars. Any size you want, any uh, you know, it's already the soft style, so it's a great shirt. I got a whole bunch of shirts up there actually, but this one is uh, this one's one of our favorite and our featured this month. So do check it out. And then every Friday at six p.m., tune into the Primetime Rundown. Join Joey Jarzenka, Ian Schreier, and Rob DeLuca on Friday nights for the Primetime Rundown. They take you through the world of sports, and the show kicks off at 6 p.m. on the Eastern Observer. And then episode 52 of the Essential Wrestling Podcast is right around the corner this Tuesday at 6 p.m. Al Carl hosts, along with me and John Smith and John DeCani, 
Uh, and also Gary Mahaffey, we come back at you for another week of updates and highlights in the world of wrestling. Coverage begins at 6 p.m. every Tuesday on the Eastern Observer. And then as mentioned, the Daily Wrestling News Show, that's this show, is back tomorrow with another, with another interview with Kim Artlip. And then we'll be back next week, Monday through Thursday. And there's a little something that's going to be different about Minutes of Bell Time Studios when we get to Monday. So there's another little teaser for you. Do tune in to see what's different. All right, man, we've done our business for the day. Anything, uh, any advice to give or anything like that today? Yeah, before we go, I got a word of advice for the people. You know, if uh, you want to be a real adult in this world, get yourself a freaking alarm clock and don't <laughs> rely on your body clock or a, a cell phone that's not plugged in. Because I almost missed this show. You guys would have been stuck with Al Carl for 40 minutes. And <laughs> you know the show would have went much longer because he blabs on, blah, 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 blah. So if you want to be a a, a real functioning human being in this society, get yourself an alarm clock that plugs into the wall so then you don't have to wake up four minutes before you're you're supposed to be on a podcast. That's awesome. (laughs) There's your word of advice from John Smith, and that has been a pro tip. And you're right, because if I, if uh, Al was on the show to answer those questions, he would have given us the four months of story that led up to it. And <laughs> so, You know, I'm just kidding. You know, I love you, Al. Yes, absolutely. He's well, I, I, in fact, I was, I was almost, you know, thinking we should have brought him on for trivia today, but since he is, we knew he was ready, but these are softballs, I guess you nailed them all. So, all right, that's been our show and to get you ready for tomorrow. Check out this.